Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. William Carey University Athletics. Every sport you find inside Crusader Talk. This is Crusader Talk. Crusader Talk. We're covering everything William Carey University Athletics. From the field to the court and the diamond on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from all of us here at Crusader Talk. I'm Caleb Hamill with Josh West and Will Tony, And we're happy to have you with us here on yet another Monday for Crusader Talk is we break down everything relating to William Carey Athletics, whether it's the hardwood, the field, the diamond, you name it. We're covering it as far as William Carey is concerned. And we kind of have a little end-of-year recap show for you and also just a little bit of a recap of what's happened here recently uh, in the last week or so of William Carey. As we've hit a close to the 2023 portion of this athletic-slash-academic year, and there's a lot of success to recap, Josh. You know, when you break down soccer, baseball, softball, even all of these sports, William Carey has had really good showings. Well, it's been a crash course for me. Again, you know, I get the call uh, in the in the spring of this year, and it seems like that was just you know a couple of months ago. But now it's you know it's actually been eight months, and so to be able to quickly immerse myself in the world of William Carey athletics, and then to feel so humbled and honored to be able to be a part of it. I mean, that's I'm not I'm not exaggerating, because it's one of those we we talk about it. It's that one of those programs that flies a little under the radar. It's one of those very successful programs. And nationally, when you go anywhere, and I'm starting to realize this traveling just a little bit, just a couple of trips I've made with basketball, and you're wearing the crest, and you're wearing that Kerry logo, there's a lot of respect that goes with that because of folks that we're going to talk to tonight, because of Bobby Halford, because of Steve Knight, because of Tracy English, because of uh, Ben, because of DJ, because of all the people associated with the program, not to mention Danny and Barry and everybody, and just the list goes on. They're, they're just great coaches, great programs. Uh, the way they do it, uh, they do it the right way. The camaraderie within the program. Tracy and I talk a lot about on the broadcast that everybody's pulling for everybody. We get that sense that there's just an overall excitement that they realize that winning breeds winning. Success breeds success. And uh, it's just awesome. So, yeah, a lot to recap tonight and a lot to be excited about heading into 2024 with the preseason rankings and golf and so- uh, softball and baseball and basketball tournaments. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It really will be, and just in thinking about what we've gotten to experience this year, I mean, a soccer program going all the way to the national championship game for a second time in the last three years now, uh, a baseball team that sees the World Series for a second time in a, a few years, mm-hmm. you know, go back to 2017, I think it was, um, and honestly, this team is shaping up to be another contender for another run of the World Series yet again. Uh, we'll ask Coach Halford about that here in a little bit as the Crusaders uh, already have a top 10 preseason ranking uh, for the next uh, season. I believe it is number four. Yeah, way on up there. And so William Carey is shaping up well for the spring sports, but we're in a good spot right now with where we're talking about men's and women's basketball. Those are the two that are playing right now, the only you know, two big sports going on right now on William Carey's campus. And, Josh, right now, things have kind of turned around as far as who we've been looking closer at 
because it, for a while it was the women's basketball team that started off red hot, 6-0 and start. But all of a sudden, conference plays come in, and there's been just a little sputtering. And it's been for one reason or another. You could always diagnose it. But it's been kind of surprising the struggle that we've seen William Carey have on the women's basketball side. They've most recently lost to Loyola. I would think that uh, two things, a couple of things. Uh, your leading scorer in, in rally goes out with a little bit of an ankle injury. Now, if you're a basketball player listening, if you've ever played basketball, if you were a shooter, if you were a guard, you realize – that, that ankle injury, not being able to push off of that ankle, it can throw your shot off just a little bit. And that can be a three- to four-week process to get the mobility back, to be able to have the flexibility in that ankle, to be able to get those shots up. We saw that from Rally to go from a 23, 25, 26-point performance, those type, night in, night out, and then she bottoms out a couple of games ago and goes scoreless, which was shocking to go scoreless for her in a basketball game. And then you lose uh, Colton Blakeney. Colton Blakeney goes out, just a slight fracture in her foot, thought it would be a four-week injury. Turned out it was even maybe a four weeks or, or a couple days less. So then all of a sudden you get Blakeney back, you get Rally back, her shot's back, you go on the road to Spring Hill to a Division II opponent, and you throw up 88 points, you get a win, you win by 12, you shoot the cover off the ball in Mobile, and you snap that little brief two-game losing streak. Now, unfortunately, couldn't keep it going at Loyola, um, lose a big lead late in that game where nothing went right. But, but this was the stretch of games that we knew were going to be difficult for the Lady Crusaders, so an opportunity to kind of gain some ground, but I really don't think anything's lost. But this team being healthy after Christmas, I think this is a team that, like you said, you could all we could everybody's kind of speculate what's going on. I think a break is going to be good for them I to really, get away from the game a little bit. I, I really think so too, Josh. And you know, one thing that kind of gets lost in the shuffle about what's most recently happened, other than the win over Spring Hill, which was kind of that you know, launching point into what this team can look like when most people are healthy. That was huge. It I mean, was huge. Because you're looking at a four-game losing streak if you don't have that game in there. So you look at a four-game losing streak without it, and you go on the road to the number 19 team in the country and lose by one. This is a game, too, where William Carey, and you hate to put it in these terms, but led by as many as 17 in the second quarter, and it, I'd have to look back at the play-by-play you know, stats and the timing of it all. But, Josh, I want to say, just based off memory, that William Carey led for 38 of the 40 minutes in that game. Correct. You said that earlier today, 38 out of 40 minutes. Yeah. Uh, the other two minutes were either ties or when the lead changed right there towards the end. It was very short-lived. I think Loyola maybe had two different leads in the game and just got – the, the good design play at the end. Uh, Colton Blakeney took a, a, a rough foul there at the end. It absolutely was a foul uh, and allowed one of Loyola's top players, Kennedy, to shoot a pair of free throws, made one of the two she needed to make the tie broken. And then William Carey just had uh, a tough time with about 1.3, 1.9, something of that sort of seconds left in order to get a playoff and get a shot off, and they just couldn't do it. Is that game that close for Kerry if students are in and it's a raucous student section? Was the energy less than it usually is in that building from your experience? And there were no students in there. And to be quite honest with you, I don't know that I've really had a true experience when everybody's been in session because the only other time I've been back there was back in the COVID year where everybody was wearing sure, masks and maybe sure. there were only parents there. Um, but from what I've been told, 
and what I've heard about this venue, the den, as they call it in New Orleans, it's a pretty raucous environment that you know, Carrie's probably lucky they didn't play in because it could have been a even further out game than just a one-point loss. But to be quite honest, Josh, if Carrie doesn't commit, what was it, uh, 20 personal fouls compared to Loyola's 10, completely different ball game, I think. Uh, the foul trouble got a hold of uh, – this Lady Crusader team, Rose Warren fouls out with several minutes left in the game. Uh, Chanel Corpus has to exit with four fouls in the fourth quarter and then comes back for the final minutes. And it, it caused her and Blakeney to both have really high amounts of minutes spent on the floor, which just spins you, you know, for the entirety of that game. But to have a one-point loss to a number 19 team in the country, you know, if you take away the losses earlier to Faulkner and Mobile – You'll take that going away. Corpus is going to continue to develop. She's just a freshman. Teams are focusing on her right now defensively. She's drawn a ton of double teams. As she develops and her ability to throw out of those double teams and make teams pay, that's why Blatney is such a great compliment to her. And then that inside-out action, hitting those shots, The guards when the guards are doing their job, and when Blakeney is doing you know, her job opposite, that's going to free things up for Corpus. Corpus has got to stay on the floor, too. She's got to find a way to stay out of foul trouble. I've got a couple of minutes left, and I want to kind of look at the men's team for just a second before we talk to Coach Halford at baseball. And we'll also get to talk with Coach Knight and ask him a little bit more about these most recent two matchups since our last airing of Crusader talk. We had uh, a game in which William Carey defeated Faulkner on the road in a very similar story environment as what you were talking about with Loyola, in that students were out of session and the Crusaders were able to get a narrow two-point victory over the Eagles over there in Montgomery. That was a huge win. Um, you had a couple of guys go off for basically 25, 26 points in Smith and Brumfield. 14 made threes in that basketball game. That game was over. I mean, that was a 15-point game, and Faulkner just kept making shots late and kept getting it closer and closer and closer. But when push came to shove, Brumfield ISOed, went one-on-one, was able to draw two defenders, kick to Smith. He was able to draw the foul, hit the two free throws, put them up five. They hit a three at the buzzer to make it that final two-point margin. But that was a huge win at that point to extend the winning streak to seven and to make it four in a row to start conference play. Carey has put themselves in great shape uh, for a conference championship chase in the regular season. Yeah, and then after the Faulkner win, just their first loss in SSAC play, uh, losing to Loyola there at what is a tough environment to play down there in New Orleans, regardless if students are in session or not. New Orleans uh, just sometimes has William Carey's number. But with that, Crusaders still in good shape, both on the men's and women's side. When it comes down to it, you're still going to have to play in your conference tournament. And you're still going to have to try to vie for one of those qualifying bids to make it to the national tournament. So with that, we'll continue to talk about William Carey, but on the baseball side of things, as Coach Hoffer joins us in just a moment. More to come as Crusader Talk rolls along next. to the student-athletes and the fans that cheer them on. You're listening to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. 
We continue Crusader Talk here on this Monday. We're happy to have you with us. If you're celebrating the holidays, glad you're uh, traveling and listening to us. I feel like you could be listening to a lot of other things, maybe listening to that Christmas carol for the 14th time. The thought of your voice going into somebody's car right now is really kind of scary. You know what? So be it. I'm not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) One person's voice who I think will be a lot more welcoming, though, is the one that we have on the phone right now. Coach Bobby Halford, head man of the William Carey baseball team, joins us. And Coach... First of all, glad to have you on. Glad to hear from you. First time in a little while for us. Yeah, thank you. It's just good to hear from you. Yeah. So, Coach Hall. Keeping up with you, listening to some of your broadcasts, and then really impressed. And, you know, the jobs you guys are doing. Oh, we really appreciated that there, Coach. Thank you very much. We enjoy doing it, man. It's fun to come here on Monday nights and talk about William Carey Athletics because it's fun when you get to talk about successful programs and you're not having to dig and find anything positive to talk about. Uh, in a news cycle that's boring, and right now it's exciting because not only is your team coming off of a World Series berth, but you're also a preseason number four team in the country. Does it feel kind of odd for your team to have that big target on your back to start off a season coming up? Not really. I think that um, you know every year you 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 plan and and you hope that you can be in that position, and uh, hopefully that you know the guys that you had a year ago learn from the experience that they had at the World Series, and it's just a motivator, for, I think, for all of us. Coach, you know, one thing that I think has been in everybody's mind is how do we get this team back to the World Series again next year? And I think that's going to be the writing on the wall for everybody in that locker room for you and in the dugout this year. It's going to be how can we piecemeal things together and get back on that stage yet again. As far as looking at what pieces return for your team? There are a lot of guys that didn't graduate after last year. You returned a whole lot of this roster. Mm-hmm. Good, good group coming back. I, I think we're looking at about seven starters from last year that are back, and you know, two of the uh, top three pitchers are back, and a couple of the top relievers are back. So, you know, other than that, you know, the experience that we've had, I think, bodes well for the team coming into this year. And uh, of course, there's a whole different group of people. Sometimes, anytime you bring in a, a, a new uh, a lot of new people, which we have. We, we brought in a lot on the pitching area, pitching side of it. So it's just going to be a matter of just figuring out who needs to be there and who, what roles and that each guy's going to play. And uh, hopefully, you know, there's different ways for every team. I mean, it's just they have their own personality and that type thing. So, you know, hopefully we'll see early on kind of where we are. This is uh, Josh West, coach. I haven't had a chance to sure. personally introduce myself, but I'm excited to be able to jump in and, and cover this year. And, you know, with baseball just exploding, college baseball exploding, you're here in the heart of the Deep South. Hattiesburg has really bought in to the Baseburg moniker. There's just so much momentum with with the sport college baseball and everything surrounding your program and, and so forth. How have y'all leaned into that in a day of digital media and social media and all the different things that go with it to be able to to maximize that? Because obviously we're seeing it in the product and we're seeing it in the results in the recruiting classes. Yeah, I think, it, you know, everybody's is bought into that. I think that, that's, that's where we are. And I think you have to be you know, viable in that area, and you have to be out there. And so, um, you know, I've, I've been in a couple of clinics in the last couple of weeks, and the excitement that, you know, all these baseball people have at this time of year because they're all, you know, gearing up to the, the start of uh, since they get back from the Christmas holidays, that type thing, and everybody starts their practices. And, uh, 
just a lot of a lot of things out there that especially our you know our state has been so good and in the junior colleges and of course in USM and Ole Miss Mississippi State that type thing and being so successful and uh, it's just a lot of buzz for every every program. Well, if there's anything like you just said it, coach, if there's anything in the country that Mississippi is tops of, it's absolutely uh, the, the sport of baseball. And then in in a time where facilities, the arms race, if you will, uh, of college athletics to have the buy-in from the administration, from athletics, from the school, getting the new uh, locker room facility and all that's going to mean for baseball and softball. Talk about what that does when you get to go and talk to recruits about that and how excited the guys are, the current guys, to be able to be a part of that now. Well, you know, you got to keep up with the Joneses. I think that that's something that, uh, you know, where we're located, I mean, it's, there's, it's never uh, – you can't rest on what you've done because, uh, you know, uh, every year is different and, and you got to be ready. And I think that the excitement of, of upgrading your facilities and, and expectations, that's just part of, you know, the reason that you do what you do. How is that new field house coming up, by the way, Coach? I think we'll probably be in it maybe – mid-February, that type thing. They're doing a really good job with it. Uh, with the weather, the way it's been, of course, most of the summer with such a, you know, with a dry summer, they, they didn't miss a whole lot of time. And so uh, they're really making some progress here. And they'll work through this week and next week, probably take a few days off and get back at it again. So it's been fun to watch it go up. And, uh, of course, our guys are excited about moving out of a small locker room to go you know, to a bigger space and that type thing. So it's just uh, – something that we're looking forward to now coach uh, for everybody out there that you know, pays attention to baseball they know that things don't just come to a closing halt there in june whenever the baseball season comes to an end and they don't just resume in early february there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes between the end of the season and the start of the new season in february and that includes fall ball in addition to some of the guys that played some summer league stuff as well what were some of the things that uh, you were able to glean from your team coming out of the fall season well, well, it'll be a different type team. I think a lot. Of, I think we'll have more arms. We'll have more opportunities. You know, more depth in the pitching area. You know, last year that was one kind of one of our weaknesses. Maybe is some depth in, in the back end of it and that type thing. I thought our front line guys, you know, were really competitive and you know we kind of and we shored that up a lot and that type thing. And but uh, you know, in the fall, you're. Um, in our situation, we don't play outside competition, so you end up, you know, having to play a lot of inter-squad games and that type of thing. That's basically the only way you get a good read, and so sometimes that's not the best that you would like to have because early in the season, you know, when you're looking at someone being a closer or somebody being a long reliever, short reliever, whatever you want to, you know, put them in their roles. Well, unless you're playing competition, a lot of times it's kind of hard to get that read. So I think that's the only that's, that's that'd probably be the only negative sometimes by having a fall that you're not able to play outside competition. And coach, you bring in a couple new pieces. You mentioned that pitching is going to be a bit better of a strong suit this year, possibly. Who else do you uh, want to talk about as far as uh, who the Crusader fans are going to meet this year? Well, we lost our well, our two best offensive players in Patrick Lee and then Bobby Leday. Those two guys between them hit uh, 28 home runs. Uh, 25% of our offense came through those two guys. And so many games that we played last year, those two guys were the catalyst that uh, kind of blew open some close games or 
we had a little bit of a lead or whatever, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, a couple of big, big blows by them or, you know, offensively, some really good things. Of course, both of them were really great defenders, too. And then, of course, we lost, a, I thought, you know, one of the best pitchers in A.J. Stinson. And mm. everybody was, you know, gearing for him every year. And, of course, Andrew Shire had such a big year to pitcher of the year. Now he's the guy with the kind of the bullseye on his back because every weekend, you know, people were kind of looking at Stinson like, oh, we got to go through him. And so Andrew, you know, came through for us really, really well last year. And, of course, Dario Herrera did, too. And so – He's he's been uh, he's really looked good this fall. Had a little bit of a back issue here and there that's kind of sidelined him, but other than that, you know he's he's looked really good. So um, you know it, it'll be a different team. We have a transfer in uh, Bridley Thomas who came from Mississippi College, a really good player out of Northwest Rankin that played at Meridian, and uh, he played shortstop for us to take with Day's place and. Last year we had a couple of guys that you know it's got time in the outfield. We you know we're replacing Patrick with a little speedster, and uh, and uh, Williams out of Southwest Junior College that played for Jamie McMahon at uh, Gulfport High, and so uh, this guy's a really burner. He can really run, great defender, and uh, so what we give up a little bit uh, maybe offensively, you know, we, we'll be just as good defensively probably. And of course, you got AJ. I mean, uh, RJ Stinson back oh, yeah. player of the year, big time he, player. He had a really good fall for us. Jake was set. Those two guys are, are kind of the catalyst for us that uh, kind of set the tone. And then uh, Rigoberto Herman, uh, uh, Hernandez, who was uh, he made all he made all tournament team out there in the World Series. He's back at second. Had a really had a, had a good fall for us also. And had probably one of the best walkout songs out of the whole team last year. One of my favorites, anyway. Yeah, he's uh, he's been a really uh, good player for us, and uh, he's gotten better every year. uh, So we're looking for big things out of him. Well, Coach, we're looking forward to a really good upcoming season for your bunch. It's going to be here before we know it. We're just over a month away from that season beginning, and – it's a, a lot of home games for everybody that's a Crusader fan, so they need to look at that schedule. It's available online at GoWCUCrusaders.com and find out when you're going to be able to come out there and watch these guys play because you're not going to want to miss Crusader baseball action, especially coming off of a World Series berth. Hopefully, so, hopefully we'll give them something to, to look at. Like I said, you know, it's, it's going to be a different type club. I think we'll have some of the same power, but not probably as much. I think we'll probably you know, have to be more of a – uh, scoring different ways, you know, maybe not as much as we, we did last year because that team was very good offensively, set a lot of records. Looking forward to it, Coach. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. It's right. a pleasure. That is Coach Bobby Hall for skipper of the men's well, – there's only one type of baseball team at William Carey, but he's the head guy for it. Thanks so much to him for joining us. Up next, it's Coach Steve Knight on the basketball side of things when Crusader Talk continues. Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Rolling right along here on Crusader Talk. Glad you have you with us. Again, whether you're traveling for the holidays or however you're tuning into us in podcast form, wherever you get your podcast from, we're available to you to talk all things William Carey Athletics. A lot of good stuff to talk about regarding the Crusaders, and one thing that is yeah, definitely a, a good thing going right now in the athletics landscape is men's basketball. And Coach Steve Knight joins us here on Crusader Talk tonight. Coach, how are you? 
I'm great. Merry Christmas to all you guys. And Merry hey, Christmas, Merry to Christmas, you. Coach. And yeah. it has been a man. It feels like a long time coming. It feels like this athletic calendar year has both been a, a long haul, but also it's flown by it's somehow both at the same time. But let's kind of break down, you know, what we've seen so far this year, Coach. I, I was kind of joking with Jason Quigley, who's uh, one of the broadcasters over there at Loyola, uh, before the game, and he was trying to figure out, you know, you know, what's kind of the need to know on this team. And so he's looking at the record, and he goes, "Okay, you know, they lost to a you know, ranked Florida Memorial team," and he goes. And then they lost to Louisiana Christian. Okay, so which team is this? And, and I tried to explain to him right. you know, the ins and outs of who Kerry's been this year. And they've been, for the most part, a, a pretty sound bunch that run their offense through Dylan Brumfield and Earl Smith and occasionally have great showings from both and Kerry and Gross and Ashton Campbell. But uh, before we even jump into what we saw at Loyola, which is the most recent game, let's kind of dive into the Faulkner game. And I know you were kind of keeping an ear to it or keeping your eyes on it on their video stream you know, while you were back home having to you know, battle through something. But it, this team was poised to fight for these final two games of the 2023 part of the season. And you and I joked about this at the end of uh, our broadcast the other day, that when you got to this final two-game stretch for 2023, you were like, okay, if we can – finish out one and one, you know, we'll, we'll be in pretty good shape. But then you get that win over Faulkner, you get a little greedy. But uh, that win over Faulkner, though, and I'm getting finally to my question, I'll stop talking for a bit. But that win over Faulkner just felt huge for the morale and the future of this William Carey basketball team. Well, always a tough place to play. And, you know, it was almost <clears> – <throat> not quite, but almost a, a must-win situation for them because it, it, it was would have been their third loss in conference, and uh, they're not used to that. But, you know, they've had some injuries and, and uh, things just like we've had the last two or three years that have hurt us, those injuries, they'll, they'll put you back real quick. But uh, it, it was just a really good win. Our guys played with a lot of energy, shot the ball tremendously well. I think it was pretty obvious from – um, you know, the 10 minute mark of the first half, that they really didn't have an answer to us off our offense. They, they just had a hard time keeping us in front of them. We were breaking them down inside out, uh, rhythm three point shots that we were making. And, you know, they eventually went to a three, two zone. And, um, you know, we, we made threes against that. And we also just, uh, took it to the high post a couple times, went high-low, or one time Caden Laws caught it and just turned it, took it to the hole. So everything was clicking for us, and we, we got up to a 16-point lead there. And um, I know that um, P.J. took Dylan out for a rest at that point in time, and um, next time, next thing you look up and, and they're cutting it back, they went on a 12-0 run, you got to get Dylan back in. And you're just sort of hanging on from that point. It's really hard to turn that momentum in a game like that. And we saw that happen again, you know, against Loyola uh, two separate times where Dylan Dylan went out and and was tired and, um, you know, team other team went on a run. So we've got to correct that. We've got to, we've got to play better uh, because we're going to wear him and Earl out if we depend on them for – you know, 36 to 40 minutes each night. But really proud of the way they, they played at uh, Faulkner. It's always tough. I know they didn't have their students there 
uh, and that made a huge difference. But you you still got to show up and play, and you're playing a team that's playing on their home court. So it's always a difficult task. Coach Knight, Josh West, uh, I had the pleasure of getting a call that game, and I I was in my mind feeling like that that you were as excited listening as I was calling it. Um, Were you watching, listening, sinking? What were you trying to do to follow this? Because yeah, I, I was trying doing to, a little sink, I was doing a little sync action, Josh. Okay. I had it. I had it on my big screen TV, and I had uh, I had you in my ear. So, and it's actually synced up pretty well. Oh, it was um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It, it was a lot yeah. of fun, and you know that was a game where you know I talked to their broadcasters after the game. They were kind of writing that game off late. They started hitting a couple shots out of des- desperation. They being Faulkner, uh, for those that are listening, and then all of a sudden, like you said, you're back into the ball game. But I thought when push came to shove, you put the ball in Brumfield's hands. He he, you isoed him. He goes one on one, draws a defender, hits Smith gets the two free throws, knocks them down, ball game's over, even though they hit the late three. You had to have been very proud with the way the guys finished. I I, I was, and I have been really all year. You know, uh, Caleb will tell you there's been many games where we've had double-digit leads, and then for whatever reason, uh, whether we relax or the other team gets hot, uh, I don't know, but – People have cut back, and we've had to make those kind of plays down the stretch. And uh, we've had different guys, but the main three have been Dylan and, uh, and Earl and um, Kobe. Um, I'm sorry, Kobe Moore and Caden Law. So that's four. Those those are the guys that are making the plays in clutch time uh, that are kind of pulling us out out of a hole that where a game could have turned in a sour way for us, and we're coming out on top with a with a close win that probably shouldn't have been that way. Well, and when Karrion Gross rolls his ankle, tweaks it a little bit in that game, and he has to come out, they have the big, long 6'8 post player who played the game of his right. life. That was a nightmare matchup on the block uh, for Rawls off the bench. And so that also allowed to a lot of and-ones, a lot of three-point plays, a lot of just – extended runs of positive energy and momentum right in front of their bench there in the second half. I thought that was a big difference in the ball game. You're really starting to see how much Gross means to this team when he's on the floor. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he's played He's played well, and, and he, he really uh, showed a lot of fortitude getting taped up and getting back out there. And I talked to him about it at practice on, th- on Thursday and actually had him and, and Big John together and uh, Gross said he was going to be okay, and and John said, "Oh, big boy surprised him a little bit with his uh, a leaping ability, but uh, he wasn't able to. He, and he and and had had some agility too. So I think next time we'll be more prepared for him. But that guy, he's a specimen. Um, he can he he's he's a horse inside. But the the key with them is uh, making shots. If they're making shots, they can beat anybody. If they're not, if they're off, then then uh, they take it on the chin, and they didn't make a, a high percentage until right down the stretch. And you saw what they're capable of doing in a short period of time um, because they just have so many good three point shooters out there. And I feel like uh, that's kind of a similar story with William Carey. Whenever they're shooting the ball well, they succeed fairly well. But when they don't, that's when things get a little hairy, and that's what happened against Loyola. You know, recently, in that the team shot uh, 
under 40%. I think around 38% was the final mark in there. Uh, couldn't really nail their threes either. Uh, but I, I feel like what really changed things, and this was a game that was you know back and forth. In fact, there was just a one-point lead for Loyola with about six minutes left. But that's when things started to separate a bit. And it seemed like Kerry went cold shooting at the wrong time but also started committing more turnovers at the wrong time uh, as that second half just seemed to be full of them, uh, which really hurt Kerry down the stretch. No doubt. You know, that was a a game of of runs by each team. And um, so, you know, when you're sitting there coaching in a game like that, when you make a, you know, 12-0 run, you're expecting to have a nice lead for a little while anyway. Boom! Next thing you know, uh, the other team makes two or three, four in a row. So it was one of those games that happened in both halves. And and you were you're correct. What happened with us down the stretch in that one point game was the fact that we not only not only didn't execute well, we turned the ball over, and that gave them some momentum. And then they hit us on three straight project, uh, possessions. Um, with a with a ball screen on the point guard, where you know the, it was it was loud in there. Even though their students weren't there, I think the acoustics. Once people start hollering and screaming, it's, it, screaming it's really hard to hear on the court. And we had poor communication on the ball screen, and and the point guard was able to drive, and he got a layup, and he got an am one, and he dished off to the post. On another one, we tried to help, and then on, we we weren't scoring on the offensive end. Um, they they sort of had us out of rhythm uh, after the first five minutes of the game. Just the physicality that they played with. It's a very hard game to officiate. There was a lot of holding and grabbing, and not a lot of freedom of movement, uh, which you hate to see. But that's kind of their style. They want to make the game ugly, and they were able to slow us down uh you know they're averaging 67 points a game we're averaging 82 it's obvious that we want a faster paced game and they kind of got us playing the way that that they like to play and uglied it up a little bit and um we just didn't execute well enough in half court coach you got about a minute left next up for your crusaders it's going to be a, a thursday night matchup with bruton parker college and then saturday against middle georgia state Though the students won't be fully back in session then, it's going to be up to the community of Hattiesburg and all the Crusader fans from around the area to come and support the Crusaders and help build them onto an even better SSAC record. No doubt. We really need the, the local fans to come out and watch this team. I think they're an exciting team to watch. Get up and down the floor, you'll see some dunks and some, some pressing and half-court trapping and trying to create turnovers and you know, we've got 15 more games, all conference games, and they're, they're all going to be tough. There's not, there's not one where you can walk out there and say um, you've got to, you've got to win before before you play. I mean, Bruton Parker is 0 and 5 in the league, but when you watch them warm up, you'll go, how in the world? I mean, long six sevens, uh, six sixes, six one six eight. They can jump. Got a nice all-conference point guard. It's just, you know, just a few small things that haven't been click, clicking for them, and they've lost some close games. And Middle Georgia is the same way. Um, but you've just got to take care of your home games, and 
and pull off some some W's on the road, and we've been able to do that so far. We're two and zero at home in conference, and we've won uh, you know a Faulkner and a Mobile that a lot of people won't win at those places. So it's sort of put us ahead of um, some others, even though it's early in the season. So we just have to keep that momentum going and. Hey, Coach, we're up against a hard break. Thanks so much for joining us, Coach. Okay. All right, Caleb. Y'all be good. We're tuned in to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Oh, man. Sometimes the best part of Crusader Talk is what we get to talk about between segments and (laughs) and what nobody else hears. It's wonderful. Well, you know, we get to talk with Coach Knight, and we just kind of talk shop about basketball and you know what it's looking like across, you know, not just his team, but Coach English's. And seriously, the, could the listen conference. to him talk basketball for hours. Oh man, it's it's a treat. It really is to get to talk to him post game, and then you know, just off and on throughout the season. It, it, it's a great relationship, and it, that's a guy that lives and breathes basketball too. Yes, he does. And uh, yeah, we, one of the things that yeah you know, I always found funny. You know, just learning about Coach Knight's history was that both him and John Cox used to play on the freshman team together at Southern Miss. But yeah. now I find out that Josh has an interesting connection in a, a way back when to a relative <laughs> of Coach Knight's. Yeah, Adam, his nephew, was my college roommate at Southern Miss. Wow. So we were re- we were reminiscing about GPAs, and they and I studied. Now we got to put you on the spot. Here. I studied far less than all of them did. So we had one that was an accountant. The number one accountant in the program at Southern Miss mm-hmm. was the aced the the, the test. You had Adam names in are being sports. left out to protect the guilty. By the way, right, right. Um, a- Adam was sports medicine four O, and then uh, Jonathan Wallace, who is now a pastor, was another four O. And so, <laughs> preacher, accountant, sports medicine, all four Os. I mean, I'd hear them getting up, going to class early, you know, going to work out, breakfast, whatever. I didn't get back till the wee hours of the morning from like going with Tommy McDaniel down to see a Hornets game in New Orleans and driving for them down there and spending, you know, hanging out in New Orleans and playing in a golf tournament or whatever. I mean, living the life of radio, right? I mean, <laughs> and suffered I've, for I've the cause. suffered for the cause. <laughs> I've never left radio, by the way. I've never left radio. Loved every minute of it. So I was a 3.6. I pulled us down to a 3.9. I had to do the math on it. <laughs> pulled us down, room GPA of a 3.9. Hey, that, that's still pretty talented. And by the way, <laughs> that kind of brings us into a good transition point. A lot of names uh, were listed this week on the president's uh, and dean's list, which they, yeah, was just recently released uh, yeah. for the most recent uh academic section i don't know if it's part of the trimester or you know, some uh, trimester before you did not find my name on that list I promise you. <laughs> but i i was you know very pleased to see uh, a handful of uh, basketball players especially on the women's side um i saw earl smith had made the dean's list a whole lot of soccer players on the president's and dean's list on both women and men uh, a lot of softball players and baseball players as well i mean I would have to get a full-blown list from Kevin just to enumerate it, but I will tell you that it's well above 25 and probably above 30, the number of student-athletes that are considered on the president's or dean's list. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to remember off the top of my head what the breakdown is of what section GPAs each of those are. I want to say it may be 3.8 and higher is president's list, and then maybe Mm – 
at three six to three eight as deans, uh, and I, I may be able a, to check that before we get. I too had far. a four zero one trimester that I was at Cary, and then when it came time to graduate, I went out whimpering like a kick dog. It was <laughs> it was terrible. Bless your heart, man. But yeah, that's a really good you know thing to mention or to notice about you know, just talking about William, not about you, but about William Carey athletics and that they're doing well academically because that's just a an added bright spot to the already acclaimed success they have on the athletic fields and courts well and then the longevity of of playing at a school for multiple years that you see at a william carey um that in this in this age of transfer portal and players jumping around potentially seemingly year after year after year academics gets put on the back burner and, right. and academics still is going to be the thing that continues to pay their bills many years after uh, they are, are out of collegiate athletics. So I think it's it's tremendous that it's still for fans that, that want to be able to support and enjoy that type of an experience still, you're going to get that at William Carey. Absolutely. Oh, and I found out, guys, President's List is a 4-0. Yeah. Dean's List is 3.5 and higher. So for the – Athletes that made president's list, I mean, kudos to you all. And, and I wish the list was organized in a better way, but I did get to find a couple of the ones uh, that are on the basketball teams. Mentioned Earl Smith in the dean's list. Uh, Jenna Garriga made president's list. Uh, Madeline Ladner made dean's list. They organized it by you know region of the state, which is why these are kind of in an odd order. Uh, but Lauren Rowley with the president's list honorary uh, honoring. Uh, Caden Laws on the men's basketball side made Dean's List. Uh, Deidre Cuevas made Dean's List. Mia Doyle made President's List. And let's see who else. Anna Rose Engel, who's injured this year, but is on the women's basketball team nonetheless on the President's List. Uh, let's see. Colton Blakeney, a Dean's List member as well. Rose Warren made Dean's List. Leah Sutton on the President's List. I mean, it, and that's not including all the soccer players and everybody else. Those are just the ones that I narrowed down earlier. By the way, we promised last week we would give a, a Seder of the Year award, and I know we're always short on time whenever we give these honors. But yeah, to kind of wrap up this first half of the athletic calendar year, and I think it would probably go for the entire 2023 calendar year as well. But, Josh, I don't think you'll balk at the idea of Mary Angela Jimenez being considered Crusader of the Year. Yeah, National Player of the Year. In soccer, leads her team to a national championship game appearance. We felt like she was the best player in the country all year in her sport. She's got to be Sater of the Year. And RJ Stenzi, you're a close second, my friend, if you're out there listening. I, I'm telling you, you have a chance to be Sater of the Year with your performance that you have on the diamond this coming season for Coach Hallford. But that's going to do it for us for a holiday edition of Crusader Talk. Wish all of you safe travels this season. We hope you come back safely. Until next time, I'm Caleb Hamill. He's Josh West. And will Tony, good night, God bless, and go Saders. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.